Grace and peace to you from our great God, in whom there is no darkness at all. Amen. Knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting a tomato in a fruit salad. Perhaps you've heard this saying before. It's a clever way of showing that indeed there is a difference between wisdom and knowledge. Knowledge is pretty much just the facts. It's information. It's the truth that, yes, a tomato is indeed a fruit, even though it usually grows among vegetables. Wisdom, however, extends beyond knowledge. Wisdom takes knowledge and applies it to real-life situations. For example, a tomato really doesn't belong in a fruit salad, even though it is a fruit. The New Oxford American Dictionary defines wisdom this way. Wisdom is the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. Now, that's a fine definition. Often, wisdom comes from experience. Often, wisdom requires knowledge. Often, wisdom leads to good judgment. But God's definition of wisdom extends beyond knowledge and experience. It starts with good judgment, but it does not end there. Now, wisdom is a huge theme in the Bible. Over and over again, we hear about wisdom. In fact, there are whole books of the Bible, books like Proverbs or Ecclesiastes, that we call wisdom books because these books are poetic accounts of what godly living looks like. And that's what wisdom really is. It's living the righteous life that God has intended for you from the beginning. So this morning, I'd like to walk through both the Old Testament and the Gospel readings that were just read, as we begin to see that God defines wisdom in a specific way. Because God's wisdom is good judgment that leads to righteousness for the benefit of others. God's wisdom is good judgment that leads to righteousness for the benefit of others. So let's take a little look at our readings this morning to, say how, to see how this plays out in our daily lives. First, let's explore what it means that wisdom is good judgment. Now, in our readings this morning, we meet two wise kings— in fact, they're the two wisest kings who have ever lived. They are quite similar, but they also couldn't be too much more different. Now, first we meet King Solomon, and Solomon is the son of King David. Solomon inherited the throne of Israel at a young age. In fact, in our reading this morning, Solomon says he's a little child, he speaks as though he has almost no life experience. And now, suddenly, he's the king of Israel, the ruler of God's numerous chosen people on the throne in Jerusalem. And then in our gospel reading, we meet King Jesus. Now, Jesus also is of the house and of the lineage of David because Mary and Joseph are descendants of David. But by the time that Jesus is born, the kingdom of Israel is small. It's just a little speck within the, the great Roman Empire. King Jesus had no earthly power whatsoever. 
And yet, he also went to Jerusalem as a little child, as a 12-year-old boy at Passover. Two sons of David, both wise kings, in vastly different worlds. Now, King Solomon and Jesus are quite different, but even more so, we are quite different than either of them. We were not born in noble families. We're not called upon to rule over nations. And yet, and yet God has given us roles and responsibilities in life that require wisdom. In our daily lives, wisdom doesn't look heroic. It's not flashy. It's not showy. It's often as simple as showing good judgment in small situations. But the problem is, our judgment is far from good. Because we often make decisions that are short-sighted and are harmful to ourselves and to others. Now, one reason I think we, we do this, one of the reasons we make short-sighted and harmful decisions is we tend to think of wisdom in high and lofty terms. We think of wisdom as something that applies only to the smartest people, to the people who are well-read and well-traveled. And indeed, wisdom does require some knowledge, but in our lofty view of wisdom, we fail to make the good, simple decisions that God requires of us in our own daily lives. We see an example of this simple, lowly, poor judgment in, in David's lust for Bathsheba. Now, David was king over Israel. He made important decisions all the time, and those decisions often determined who lived and who died. But in this story, David fails to show good judgment in a much more basic situation. Because in David's eyes, his sinful desire for Bathsheba was not a big issue. He simply thought he was doing what, what felt right. But in the end, David was responsible for the death of Bathsheba's husband, Uriah. He was responsible for disrupting a godly marriage. And he was responsible for trying to cover it all up. Now, David was king over Israel, but he failed to show good judgment simply in his own home. Wisdom isn't just the stuff of kings and queens. God calls fathers and mothers, sons and daughters, workers and customers to make good judgments in their daily lives. But so often we choose laziness instead of service. A sharp rebuke instead of gentle correction. Instant gratification instead of faithfulness. Now, we often think of wisdom as something that helps us answer the big questions of life. Whom should I marry? Where should I go to church? Should I look for a new job? But wisdom is not something private. Something that you use only for the big questions or only in your own life. Because wisdom is showing good judgment, but it also applies in these small daily decisions of faithfulness. And these small daily decisions affect others, not only ourselves. Have you shown wisdom in how you speak to your parents or to your children? In your time management at work or at school? In setting your priorities one day at a time? 
Because wisdom is not just for the well-to-do. Wisdom is something we all need. But so often, we simply give in to our own worst instincts. But in spite of those instincts, God continues to graciously give us the wisdom that we need each and every day. He has equipped us for every good work, every decision, big or small. Now, sometimes God's wisdom comes all at once in large doses, and that's how King Solomon became the wisest man on earth. God asked Solomon what he needed to be a faithful king, and Solomon said he needed understanding. He needed good judgment. He needed wisdom. And God gave it to him abundantly. God gave him the ability to judge more wisely than any ruler who has ever lived. Now, Solomon was an unlikely king. He was a young son of David from David's unwise union with Bathsheba. And God still showed favor upon him. And sometimes we experience this too. God sometimes gives us lots of wisdom all at once, even in light of things that should not happen. God gives us wisdom in the face of death, in the face of destruction. Even when we make self-destructive choices, God continues to build us up in wisdom. He is just that good and that gracious that he continues to shower us in his love abundantly, even when we do not deserve it, and especially when we do not deserve it. Now, at other times, uh, this acquiring of wisdom from God is a gradual process. And we experience this as well. Perhaps this is our more common experience. Even though young children can be bossy or selfish, just like adults, they do surprise us with their ability to make good choices, to express God's truth clearly. And as they grow up, they continue to do this even more. They learn how God's world works, and they learn their place in it. This wisdom, this gradual increase in wisdom day after day and year after year as we mature, this also is a great gift from God. And this is the type of wisdom we see in our gospel reading in the 12-year-old boy, Jesus. Jesus was so fully human that he had to learn and grow just like the rest of us. Now, in our gospel reading today, Jesus shocks the religious leaders with his knowledge. But he also learns. He learns by asking questions, by putting God's truth into his own words, into his own holy words. And as he continues to grow physically and emotionally, the gospel account tells us that that Jesus grew in favor with God and with man. This is what it means for Jesus to take on human flesh. He truly is one of us, yet without sin. And he always shows good judgment. And during his earthly ministry, he always used God's gift of wisdom wisely, always making good judgments. And in doing so, he shows us what it looks like to live wisely in all circumstances. 
And that leads us to the second part of wisdom, righteousness. Now, righteousness simply means being in a right relationship, a right relationship with God and a right relationship with others. Now, what does righteousness have to do with wisdom? Well, righteousness reminds us that wisdom isn't about us. It's a gracious gift from God, and he gives us this gift for a purpose. Wisdom is how God equips us to love and serve our neighbors. God gives us this good gift of good judgment as he sends us into the world with others in mind. So often we misuse this gift of wisdom by making it all about us. And we begin to think that we are God's gift to the world. We begin to think that we're the ones who hold everything together. And so we use our wisdom, our good judgment, in order to make ourselves look good. Now, God has given us this gift of wisdom to pursue right relationships with others. But so often we are more concerned about ourselves. We see this later in Solomon's life when Solomon used God's good gift of wisdom to maintain his political power. He arranged nations in order to build up and maintain his kingdom. And in doing so, he neglected the ways of the Lord, the very Lord God who had given him wisdom and wealth and power. And instead, Solomon decided to use his wisdom to pursue wealth and power on his own terms. Now, we do not have wisdom, wealth, and power to the same degree that Solomon did, but we are prone to making the same mistakes. God has given us so many good gifts, family, friends, a home, jobs, even our faith, and instead we decide to use our wisdom to make all of these things about us. Perhaps you've misused God's gift of wisdom to make your marriage work in a way that maximizes your own happiness. Or perhaps you've made judgment calls to maximize your paycheck at any cost. Or maybe it's as simple as choosing a group of friends that serve you rather than choosing friends whom you can serve. True wisdom is good judgment but not just any good judgment. True wisdom is good judgment that leads to righteousness for the benefit of others. And we see this most clearly in the wisdom of Christ. Jesus grew in wisdom and maturity, in favor with God and with man, but he did not abuse this wisdom. He did not seek favor or, or his own worldly gain. But he certainly had the opportunity to do so. Remember when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness? Satan tempted Jesus to use his wisdom for his own benefit. Jesus knew what his father's will was. He knew it led to the cross. And he knew that then and only then would he reign and rule over all things in heaven and on earth. Then and only then would every knee bow before Jesus. But Satan tempted Jesus to take the easy road, 
where he could reign and rule over the whole world without all the suffering, without all the pain, without the rejection. But that's not what Jesus chose. Jesus knew that true wisdom is good judgment that leads to righteousness for the sake of others. And so Jesus went willingly to the cross where he did suffer pain and he suffered rejection and he did it all for you. Yes, he knew that the world rightly belonged to him and yet he laid it aside for you. He humbled himself. He humbled himself to be born of Mary in Bethlehem. He humbled himself to go through puberty and growth spurts. He humbled himself to the point that he had to grow in body and mind, all for you. And at the proper time, when he was filled with wisdom and understanding, Jesus restored righteousness between God and humanity by dying on a cross. Jesus shows the depth of his good judgment on Good Friday because his good judgment on Good Friday gives you his righteousness. Because the righteousness of Jesus is good judgment that always benefits others. And we have other examples of good judgment too, both in the Bible and in our daily lives. In the Bible, we find all sorts of people who understand this good judgment, this judgment that comes from God as a gift and is oriented toward others. Right after our Old Testament reading this morning, we see Solomon using his gift of wisdom wisely. He uses his gift of wisdom to benefit a newborn child and his mother in a custody dispute. We also find an example in Ruth, who wisely chooses to remain in the company of her mother-in-law, Naomi, even when there was no legal expectation for her to do so. We find an example in the Apostle Paul, who submits to the Roman government, even to the point of death, for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the many who would come to faith through his witness amid persecution. And we find examples in our daily life as well. We find examples in the single father or mother who makes the most of his or her limited time with children, There's the child who shares her toys with her siblings and shows good judgment in her sharing. There's the boss who treats his employees far more generously than what is required by law. There's the student who shows good judgment by respecting her teacher, even when it's difficult to do so. And we find the utmost example in Christ Jesus, whose wisdom is so wise So different from our ways that the world calls his wisdom foolishness. For Christ gives of himself so freely, so completely to restore righteousness for our benefit. In our epistle reading from Ephesians chapter 1, we learn that God reveals his wisdom through his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, by bringing about redemption through the cross at the proper time. So let us ever look to Christ, our Savior, and in him find the true definition of wisdom. For Christ is always at work to use his good judgment, his wisdom for our benefit, that we might be righteous in God's sight. Amen.